Welcome to the Entrepreneur Escape Pod. I'm your host, Melissa Rittenhouse. Entrepreneur Escape Pod is for anyone interested in learning about the multitude of ways to create a career for yourself outside of a traditional nine to five, as well as anyone who is inspired to learn from others and take action towards their goals. In each episode, I interview a wide variety of people from entrepreneurs to artists to digital nomads so we can learn from them and expand our perspective on work in the digital age. I'll also share with you my thoughts on any newsworthy topics related to remote work, tech, digital entrepreneurship and more. If you're ready to feel inspired, let's dive into Entrepreneur Escape Pod. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to Entrepreneur Escape Pod. I'm your host, Melissa Rittenhouse. On uh, today's episode, we have a really great guest. Uh, her name is Victoria Brand and she is an NFT artist based in Scotland. So um, I thought I would just share with you how I met Victoria at first. So uh, recently I was in a Facebook group on podcasting and um, I just put in a post that I was looking for guests for the podcast who were entrepreneurial, artists, creative types, and Victoria responded to the post that I put up and uh, I saw that she commented that she was an NFT artist and would want to be willing to come on and talk anything NFTs, Web3, and as soon as I saw her post, I got really excited because I just knew it would be a really cool topic to dive into, and it's something that I've been wanting to learn more about and have been curious about, and uh, I know it's something that you guys would be interested in as well, so as soon as I saw her post, I got really excited and I was like, yes, I definitely want to have her on. Um, so I sent her a message and we were able to set up an interview really quickly and um, it just, it was so exciting and I checked out her website, I you know, learned as much on what she was working on as I could and um, yeah, it was just, it was super cool. So we get into everything with NFTs, you know, we go, we start with the basics in terms of like what is an NFT and how she got into creating NFT art and then we, uh, she just kind of ran with it and really expressed her feelings about how she feels NFTs are shaping the art world and what they mean for creators and the opportunities that will be created with this. And it's just really cool. So um, yeah, we get into how it affects the art world, like I was saying, but also how it's shaping you know, businesses and uh, charities as well and all the new opportunities coming up. So. Definitely, I'm super excited for you guys to hear this interview. I also included a link to Victoria's website as well as her Twitter and Instagram in the podcast description. So once you're done listening to this, go check out her website, go follow her on Twitter, and yeah, enjoy the podcast. How are you? I'm great, thanks. It's going well. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Oh yeah, thanks so much for coming on. I was so excited when I saw you comment on the in the Facebook group um, that you wanted to be on because... I've been wanting to talk to someone about NFTs and Web3, and then when I saw you, I was like, oh man, this is so exciting. I can't wait to talk to her. So I'm I'm really glad it worked out. I know, so am I. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm loving the NFT space, so I'm, I'm so looking forward to having a conversation about it. Nice. Um, okay, well, I guess just to kick things off, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself, tell everyone who you are, what you do, um, and then kind of how you got into the NFT space. Okay, um, well, my name is Victoria Brandt. I am a, a graphic designer by trade. I'm a lecturer in graphic design and I am now an NFT artist um, in the NFT space. 
So I have had quite a varied background um, in graphic design. I've worked for lots of kind of companies along the way. So some of the ones that you might know, kind of Hilton Hotels, I've worked in-house there. I worked for Burberry, BBC, Channel 4, Open University. So some quite big companies. Um, and I've done a lot of different types of graphics, um, which I've really enjoyed. But I've always been looking for my thing. I've always had a, a side hustle <laughs> yeah. where I've been doing lots of different things. And um, last year, um, myself and my husband were just having a conversation about the disaster girl meme that had sold um, as an NFT. And we were like, what is this? Um, how can a meme be sold? How could a tweet be sold? And we went down a massive rabbit hole on YouTube um, trying to figure out what this NFT phenomenon was. And I was super interested. And that, that was a, just roughly about a year ago this month that we, we started looking at that. But the barrier to entry for a creative at that point, it was just too much. I, there was too much of a learning curve. And um, it wasn't as, when I say as easy, it wasn't as easy as it is now with all the marketplaces and um, the, the more knowledge that's out there now. So um, I left it. I, put it, I put it on a shelf and in January this year, I kind of went back to it because um, it was always on the back burner. And then I just totally immersed myself in it. I suppose it was just the right time this January. Um, it wasn't the right time last year. And I have completely immersed myself into the space, into learning everything I can. It is still so new, though. <laughs> Two weeks in the NFT space is like three months in real life. It's like everything moves so fast and everybody's finding their way. So, but it's a great time to be in, to be at the kind of early adopter stage. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I first heard about NFTs, I think, probably last summer, or at least that's, like, when I first became really aware of it. And then um, I know what you mean about how it feels like, I mean, I feel overwhelmed, too, even just, like, wh where do I start? Um, how do I learn about this? But it, there's definitely a lot out there, it seems, and there's, like, a, a huge community online. And like you were saying, it just seems like there's, like, always new information. Um, for someone who's not familiar with NFTs, like, how would you describe what an NFT is? So NFT stands for non-fungible token. And if you think about it, it's, well, it's, it's a digital asset. So it's basically a way that digital, there's never been any way to um, really put a stamp on ownership of any digital item because people were able to just um, copy things, pull things off the internet and download stuff. Um, if you put a, a digital image up there, people could just download it and use it. And and I suppose people there's, there's an argument there. People say, well, it's just a JPEG. We can just you can just download it. But there's actual traceable ownership now of that digital asset, whereas before there was never a ledger of ownership. So that's what makes this such an exciting realm. And the fact that um, you can 100% have ledger of ownership of a digital asset and that's what gives it its rarity and its scarcity um, and that's what gives it, it gives it its value whereas before a digital asset didn't really have value because it was so easily distributed and copied but now there's definite ownership of that digital asset 
I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, I but... think, <laughs> it does. And I've, I've heard people talk about it like um, something kind of similar to royalties. So, and that's how it could be valuable to artists. Like if people are using your work, they could trace that ownership and you could get some kind of royalty. Do you know if that's something that kind of is just happening Automa- like automatically now or is there some kind of way for people to claim ownership do you have to go through a process or will it be just yeah. if people use it you'll just instantly have no. royalties without even thinking about it right so the royalties are a separate thing which is an additional thing so basically for 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 some a digital asset to become an nft it has to be what they call minted to a blockchain um, and the blockchain is basically the ledger. If you can think about bookkeeping, it's the ledger that keeps the books on that digital asset. So this is where it gets a wee bit complicated. And it doesn't get complicated. It just gets, there's so much to take in. So there are there's now marketplaces like OpenSea, which is a huge marketplace for NFTs, for um, audio files, for... Um, movie, animation, um, still digital images. Um, and that OpenSea is primarily based on the Ethereum blockchain. They do have other blocks. They've got Polygon as well, and they've just brought on Solana. So these are also the cryptocurrencies that that um, marketplace accepts. Whereas you've got other marketplaces that, like objects that have, Tezos and it's a different cryptocurrency so you end up with with about three or four different digital wallets for different cryptocurrencies for different but anyway so yeah so you have to make the artwork and then you have to upload it to a marketplace and then what you have to do is you have to then mint that piece of artwork to the blockchain and it's the minting that cost money so um there's two ways of it happening so it can either be the creator pays the mint fee and which happens on some some platforms some marketplaces OpenSea does this thing called lazy minting where as a creator you do there's a, a charge for a first time if you've ever done anything on OpenSea they charge you this fee for a first time thing which is a one-off fee and then as a creator, you mint, you you mint, but then when somebody buys it, they pay that. Then it's really put onto the blockchain, so it kind of like lives on the marketplace, but doesn't minted until somebody buys it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the minting incurs gas fees, <laughs> which is this other um, phenomenon that to do with NFTs, um, and on. On the Ethereum blockchain, anyway, Polygon, there's no gas fees. Um, but on the Ethereum chain, there's gas fees. And the gas prices can fluctuate wildly um, every day and during the day. Um, a funny story about that. <laughs> um, I was waiting. I got up super early in the morning on um, Saturday morning because that's the best time for low gas, gas prices to mint one of my NFTs on a marketplace called Foundation. And I didn't realise that one of the biggest things in NFT, the board eight yacht club, were um, had were minting, were releasing their brand new land, which is called Other Side. And honestly, 
the gas prices were through the roof. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. And I was like, I got up early and I, I was in my own wee world. And I was like, why did I not know this? Why was, <laughs> why was I not aware of this? So yeah, so there's there's gas trackers you can track when the best time for you to mint NFTs. But I think that it's like a foreign language a wee bit to begin with. But once you get your head around it, yeah, I just go, it's like visiting other countries where you have to change your money into different currencies. Mm-hmm. Crypto is no different. It's just like that. Yeah, definitely. I do think, um, especially for people who maybe are more like digital natives, it could be, it's confusing at first, but you can, once you hear the terminology more, I think you can kind of understand it. And I heard, I know with gas, there was one of the, um, I was listening on a podcast of when I think who was uh, doing kind of gas tracker work and um, a good analogy they use that I, I think helped me understand it better was like Uber price surging, like uh I mean, because, yeah, like, it's, a, I kind of think of gas, I guess, as, like, a transaction fee, but then when they talk about, like, the surge in gas prices and how people can, like, inten- you know, how sometimes that maybe they're, like, intentionally manipulated and things, uh, it made me think of, I don't know, the analogy, like, with Uber surge pricing. So I'm like, oh, that kind of works. Like, if there's a lot of people trying to mint at once, the fees are higher and, yep. and so on. Um, yeah. But yeah, yep. cool. Um, well, kind of go on that note, like with it being, you know, somewhat of a foreign language, I noticed you are launching a workshop soon on some on how someone can create their own NFT art. And I'm it, I'm assuming, yeah, it's a, how to create your own NFT art for beginners. So I guess without giving too much of the workshop away, what would you say are like the basics of how to create it? And do you think it's something who someone who's been an artist forever, but not really familiar with crypto and blockchain and NFT could jump into it really quickly these days? Absolutely. I think every creative, whether you're an artist, an illustrator, designer or a photographer, really should be looking at this space. Um, There's so many opportunities and possibilities within it. And completely, there are people that are, um, are sculptors in the NFT space and they put their sculptures, they take photographs of it, they put them on the marketplace, they sell really well. I think it's a completely, it's leveled the playing field slightly, I think, for your smaller artists in that there's an opportunity now to be known within a very new space, whereas in the art world before, it's very very difficult because, you know, that you'd have to be, have a gallery, um, be showing your work and et cetera, et cetera, whereas now you've got, um, mostly everybody hangs out on Twitter, and so you've got all the artists and the collectors are all in the same space and the collectors are following the artists and are, are joining in on the conversation. So it's a relatively weird scenario, but it's a great scenario for artists. Um, as I say, it always it, it was kind of traditional art and illustration to begin with, but photographers are really coming into their own in the NFT space now. And also the, the thing that's surging at the moment is um, digital fashion as well, NFT fashion. Um, it's all about sustainability, etc. So it's really interesting. The space is just moving so fast and evolving so fast. Um, but definitely a good time for any artist or creator to get in on it and it is about, you know, um, I've made quite a few friends within the space who are traditional artists that are, are working 
when you see they're behind the scenes, they're working with uh, watercolours, they're working on canvas, making abstract pieces of art. And what they do is they, they photograph it and they turn the photograph into the NFT. So there's, there's many ways that people can get involved. Obviously, if you're a digital creator, that's great because it's already digital. But um, yeah, so it's, it's about creating the NFT. It's about having the knowledge to mint it and upload it and the cryptocurrencies. But it's also what I cover in the workshop is the other side of it is making connections. And it's very, very important to become part of the community and to be invested and involved in the community and the marketing and the promotional side of things. So um, that's where I kind of feel as though I've kind of set my workshop apart from the other ones where I'm, I'm able from my experience in my uh, in, in the space is, is about connection and the community and um, like building connections with people. So it's, that really, really does help you in this space. Yeah, I've heard other artists say that too. Um, what advice would you have for any anyone who is looking to make those kinds of connections, but they're not sure where to start or how to go about doing that? I would say get yourself on Twitter. Even if you've not created anything yet, if it's just your intention to create an NFT, and even if you have a Twitter profile, I honestly think that it would be good to create a new one dedicated just to when you start to create your NFTs. So I would get on there, I would start following loads of folk from the NFT space. I would also get on Twitter spaces and be listening in to the conversations that are happening with the artists, with the collectors. There was a great space on the other day and there was a collector on and he was saying from his point of view, what art artists could do and um, what he looks for. There's so much good advice um, happening, like just happening in the in, in Twitter, all around Twitter as well. So, um, you know, and start conversations with people, you know, and retweet their work, like their work, get involved, you know, like lift each other up and, and you, you become known. It is still relatively quite small. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's the, that's where the opportunity is here. And especially for women, I have to say, I think there was a, a stat out the other day that only 5% of creators within the nft space are women mm -hmm. so there's a there's a movement there's like women in nfts movement um and there's a lot of support and camaraderie um within the women creator sphere in the space um it's one of the, the the best spaces that i have been a part of as a creative honestly mm -hmm. um so i would definitely would encourage and, and try and get as many creative people onboarded into this as possible. Nice. I know I've noticed that Twitter's the space for NFT talk. Um, why do you think Twitter, I mean, just any thoughts you have on maybe why everyone kind of flocks to Twitter over other social media platforms? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. It just seems to have been the way. I mean, I wasn't a Twitter user at all before I started to get into NFTs. And then I was like, how do I navigate Twitter? And I just had to just go with it. Um, but there's more interaction, I think. You've got more <laughs> chance of like actually getting into a conversation with somebody, whereas Instagram's not like that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, Facebook is kind of not like that as well, whereas Twitter's really fast moving, you know? Um, 
and there's lots of conversations. And again, with the, the Twitter spaces, which was, I suppose, kind of like what Clubhouse was, um, then you've got people are hosting spaces, you've got a chance, you can request to speak if you've got something you want to say, you know, so it, it's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, you spoke a little bit about women in NFTs, and um, I I was uh, going to say, like, with your first NFT project, Force of Nature, that was had a very, like, feminine theme. What was your inspiration behind that? Well, what happened was... Um, Actually, because when I started in January, what happened was I was actually ill over the Christmas period and um, I ended up with a wee stint in hospital and my husband was looking after the house and my daughter and um, he was doing all the work in the house and he kinda, he just said something and it just made me, he just went, oh, how do, how do you do all this and the washing and the cooking and the shopping and the, um, he said, you really, you're, you're like a force of nature and that, that one kind of line just because I'd been thinking about what could I do, what could my collection be, and that was it. That just sparked the the creativity, and I was like, yes, like women do so much and juggle so many things. We are truly a force of nature. Um, so I wanted to celebrate that in a collection, and um, so I do. I'm, I'm a I'm a I do lots of different um, different types of art. But at that point, I was like kind of back into my digital realm. So I, I, everything I created, well, I created, I mixed it with analog and digital. I did a lot of mark making with ink, which I then digitized and then brought it in with photography um, to create the Force of Nature collection, um, which just, it was, I, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. I feel like there's a lot of behind the scenes works that women do that kind of, I don't know. It doesn't always get like the acknowledgement <laughs> it deserves sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess kind of along that line with women in NFTs, do you think there's, do you think that NFT in the digital art space, how do you think that's created new opportunities for not just artists, but female artists maybe in particular? Well, I think, I think um, it's it, it, the opportunity to be seen, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, as I said, I, I mean, I've had many, many side hustles <laughs> in my time creating side hustles. And I, I've always had the joy of wanting to create some sort of art because as a, as a graphic designer, I work a lot with type and layout and sometimes it's really quite constrained. Um, but my other side of me that I've, I've always been enjoyed has been uh, creating artworks or, or digital pieces or uh, ink pieces or whatever um and this space has given me the opportunity to really kind of explore that as well um and be seen in a, in a very short space of time i really felt as though i have been seen whereas and in, through instagram and just posting my work um you really need to keep plodding away and be consistent for quite a long time to get yourself known whereas within this space within a very short space of time um, I was um, I submitted my work to um, 100 women in NFTs and been selected for that. So I was interviewed. I was as one of the 100 women in NFTs. Um, I submitted my work to NFT Liverpool, which is a is a huge exhibition that has start has started uh, with lots of guest curators, and it was 
Kamir Maleki, who's the director of Volta Art Fairs in um, London, Miami, New York. The curator, he chose one of my pieces um, from the Force of Nature collection, which is going to be exhibited down there. So I feel as though I've, I've, been, I've got credit for the work that I'm doing in a short space of time and nowhere else I've managed to do that. So I think, you know, there are so, as I say, there's just so many opportunities. Yeah, definitely. Um, how do you think this is changing the art world? Um, how do you think it's changed it now? And how do you think NFTs will continue to change the art world in the future? Um, well, I think people are really starting to, to sit up and take notice because, you know, you've got big powerhouses like Christie's Auctions um, are auctioning NFTs now and they're really, they're, they're on board now with it. Um, you've got celebrities now bringing out NFTs, but I don't, it's not just the art world. I think in some capacity, NFTs will eventually touch every part of life, I think, because of the digital ledger, ledger aspect of it. Um, and, you know, there's also this other thing that you can attach to an NFT, which is called utility. Mm-hmm which is um, basically it's, it's the kind of background or something extra that you get from an NFT by buying it. So, for instance, artists um, don't need to. A lot of, there's a lot of arguments that the art itself is a utility, but um, an artist could provide a print, for instance, of their NFT to any collector who buys it. They might offer the original um, that gets sent out to the, the collector so the collector has the original and the digital asset. Um, people like um, Gary V, who have created V Friends, it's not about the art, it's about the utility. Mm-hmm. So he drew a whole load of um, kind of cartoon animals and sold them as NFTs. But, it's, but if you buy one of his NFTs, then that's a ticket to his conference. For so many years, um, it might be a lunch with Gary V. So they've all got different what they call utility attached to the NFT. So businesses, a lot of like bigger businesses are now looking at that as well to say, well, how can I harness that side where somebody's getting um, an image or a picture or a photograph, but it's actual what comes with it that's the value. But also in saying that, the image or the whatever could also hold value in the future as well yeah. so it's a kind of double whammy so I think there's 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 just the excitement about where this could go yeah definitely because I could see that for sure and I've I've seen noticed too that like you, you were just mentioning with utility how nfts are kind of used in tandem with things like live events and uh tv yeah. shows things like that um, and I was listening to another podcast too, where some a woman was talking about like how, with things like Web three, like Web three technology, it's kind of in the f- it will be just like things like a website or a social media page where like every business will have one. So, do you think it's it's is the utility? Do you think maybe will be the thing that will drive pretty much every business to adopt Web three technology, or how do you think Web three tech or NFTs will be used by businesses in the future it's a really interesting question i think um it could be it could be something as simple as 
you know, if you if you're a coach or whatever, and you you decide to sell an NFT, that it allows whoever buys that NFT so many hours of I, I, of coaching or whatever at a special. I I, I don't know. It, it's so open ended, and it depends on the business. Yeah. Um, but you know. I was talking to a, to a friend recently who's really interested in, in, in doing NFTs and um, just talking about affirmations. There's actually people selling like kind of digital affirmations with artwork now, so it's the audio. So it's that side of it's really interesting as well. Um, so it, it, it's so open-ended that, you know, it, it, can, it can just go and go and go. As I say, we're very early adopter stages at the moment and it is wild west and everybody's just feeling their way um but you know you've got the, the the tv shows where you can you can buy an nft which is a character and then you can become part of a community there's a lot of um communities behind bigger projects on discord so you could be part of that community on Discord and then as you as the community, you as an NFT holder are able to make decisions on uh, the character, where the program goes, you know, so there's voting rights. And, and so that also might be really in interesting for people to hold the NFT, but to also have that involvement in a project as well. Um, and... Some projects um, do give their NFT holders complete intellectual property, which is not usually something that one-of-one one artists do. They retain their, their kind of intellectual property. But some bigger product projects are saying, buy the NFT, you have the IP, you can go away and do it. You can sell T-shirts with this image on it. You can do whatever you want with your NFT. Um, you, you have all IP rights. So that's really for some collectors quite valuable as well yeah that's so exciting I just love the idea of people having you know just if you're a fan of a show just voting on things within the <laughs> show or even really feeling like it's something that you own a part of I think is really cool um, yeah what do you think what excites you most about how nfts can be used uh in tandem with charitable causes, I know you also created a collection called War Animals with the proceeds going to animal shelters in the Ukraine. So what excites yeah. you most about NFTs and charity? Oh, I think there's so much scope for NFTs for good. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that produce um, artwork, that produce um, bigger projects that do give a percentage of their sales um to certain charities, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, so it, it's a win-win for the person that's buying the NFT because you are giving your money to somebody that's going to be giving it to charity, but you're also buying an asset that could increase in, in, in that could increase in value. So unlike when you would normally just go and make a donation online, you're actually getting something in return for that that could could, <laughs> the word is could, um, increase in value for you in your digital wallet. So you're feeling good about doing it. 
and the creator is feeling good about doing it because they are giving something back in return for your for your donation, basically. Um, so I think that's massive um, and it might prompt more people to get into NFTs as well um, as a collector for the charitable side of things. Um, also, the, the charitable side of things really does bring about the collaborative nature of artists within the NFT community. So many artists and creators have come together um, to make collaborative collections, uh, especially for um, Ukraine. So the, the scope for collaboration as well within that sector is massive. Yeah, that's super exciting. Um, what would you say to anyone who says that like NFTs are just a trend, they're just a fad, it's gonna you know go out of style? I would say that's what everybody said about the internet. And somebody pulled up a, a page of a, a newspaper front page um, the other day about and it's, the internet's a fad. It'll only last a year, and look where we are now. Yeah, that's all I have yeah. to say to those people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, what about anyone who, you know, there's been some criticism lately about like blockchain technology because it uses so much energy. Um, I know you spoke on that a little bit. What What are your thoughts on that as well? It's a very, very complicated issue, very complicated. And I can even go to <laughs> to tell you how how it all works um, there's quite a lot of YouTube videos that explain it it's not as simple as what is put out there in the press about oh you, it could light a house for so many days you know this blockchain technology um, no that is more complicated than that however it is something that um, each of the blockchains are working on so Ethereum is a gas guzzler it does um use a lot of energy but they are they're going to be bringing out um a new blockchain which has been in the works a new ethereum blockchain that is going to be much greener um and but what the, what the companies are doing just now is they're trying to kind of off carbon offset as much as they can um the issue with going to something like um at the moment like um, Tezos. Tezos is a green blockchain. It, it's a green blockchain. It's a clean blockchain. Um, but you'll find that the bigger collectors want to buy on the Ethereum blockchain. It's it's just the way it is. Um, although although I have to say, marketplaces like Object are picking up a lot of momentum, and there's a lot more people now putting their their NFTs on several different types of marketplace, not just one, um, on different blockchains. So uh, we're getting there. There are green blockchains. There's a lot of carbon offsetting going on. Um, but it's not it's not as clear cut as, as what a lot of people are made to believe it is. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I kind of think too, if you really think about it, pretty much most things of value in our society require energy. So then I feel like to sort of say, well, this isn't like, this doesn't have like, it's not allowed to use the energy. It's not valuable enough. It's like, who is, 
there to say that. Like, I don't know. To me, it's just mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I don't know. So, but I mean, it's good that there are people making efforts to make things greener, but mm. it's, I agree. It's way more complex than just like, oh, it's bad because it uses energy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes like you yeah. want, you hear that in the press and I'm like, it's so much more complicated than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, okay. And I guess kind of my last question is, do you think we are already existing in the metaverse in some sense? Cause I know a lot of times like Web3 and the metaverse kind of go in tandem. It's like this idea of like a, a digital world that we'll one day live in. Um, I think in some ways we're kind of there, but we don't even really realize that. Um, I, but in other ways, the way that, that people are showing the metaverse with your 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 eyewear um, and going into a completely different alternate universe, we're, we're not there. Um, I can't ever honestly see myself wearing um, the, <laughs> the the kind of the um, goggles to to kind of get go into a different dimension. Honestly, I don't think I could manage it. Um, but who knows? But then again, we've got um, games like uh, Roblox yeah. that that they're saying that 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 is basically Web three, where you've got an alternate universe that you're running around in. You know, <laughs> um, and creating your characters. So, and there's there's fashion lines now for Roblox that have been cre- created as NFTs. Um, so, if you want, if if we were to say, are we there already? Well, we've been there for a wee while with, with Roblox, yeah. um, but nobody really realised that. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's definitely like kind of the soft web three like that and then there's the, the kind of way out there web three yeah is your daughter really into roblox i feel like maybe i'm behind the eight ball on it because i i don't have any kids so it's and you know it wasn't really a thing when i was a kid but i'm like oh it's, i you know i bet you it's popular with kids these days <laughs> yeah i mean she she's she's slightly older now but yeah she she was absolutely she absolutely loved roblox absolutely loved that <laughs> yeah, I know. I when I used to babysit some kids, they enjoyed Minecraft, and I heard that's kind of similar. So um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll be the ones that really <laughs> build out the metaverse that generation. So I know, I know, I know, because they do. They build so much stuff um within the games as well. So it's really interesting actually to think about that. Yeah, I know. Well, I guess okay. I've said that was my last question, but I'll I'll just move my actual last question. Um, what do you think with the I guess with people like your or like your daughter's age, like what do you feel like when I guess um, because they are so they're so digitally native and they have experience maybe kind of creating things in games like Roblox. Do you think with NFTs as they get older, it will just there will they'll have so much more opportunity in that space and they'll see things differently and they'll see the opportunity there and maybe they'll, I don't know, just kind of start creating at a younger age? Like, how do you think that generation will kind of relate to NFTs and and not just NFTs, but like how they'll see earning a living in NFTs as they get older? Do you think they'll be more adapted to it or they'll, and they'll kind of be more interested in maybe going down that road or like they still will kind of be pursuing maybe more traditional career paths? I think it's really interesting, actually, because I, I'm not sure. My daughter's 11, and when she heard that 
I was creating NFT. She was like, all right, okay. But then she heard the boys in her class talking about NFTs and she was like, oh, right, okay. Um, and but I think what they see is the big names like the board Ape and the Crypto Kitties and stuff like that. And they just see that the, the amount of money that these like kind of digital assets are going for um, with the with the big names. I have a feeling, I, I, I don't know, I think there's going to be so many jobs and careers that don't exist just now, that will exist. In a, in, in a, even in a few years in a very short space of time um, but I feel as though at the moment and now she, she only has 11 so I mean I suppose in a few years it could change but they're more content consumers at the moment than they are creators I don't think that, that mind, the mindset's changed they want to consume content but not necessarily create I, I, not all of them obviously there's some people that do but I, I don't know I don't but then again I don't think that they're teaching them this they're not teaching them this stuff at school do you know what I mean um the kind of entrepreneurial yeah. kind of yeah that drive I know it's I guess it's something that's really hard to teach you know in school and then I guess when and then when you add in NFTs like how we were just saying how it's such a a new space that's always changing it's like we you know I wouldn't really expect expect like a teacher to be up to date on, on everything with it you know because it's not really part of like their world necessarily um so I don't know but it I do think it's cool because I I agree with you I think there'll be so many more like careers and opportunities and ty- entrepreneurial endeavors that we don't even know about yet and so I'm excited to see like how what younger people will kind of do with that because I feel like mm-hmm. the landscape with work and schools changing a lot too. So I mean, I, I feel like it's really interesting to see what's, what's happening, yeah. but, um, okay, cool. Do you have any kind of like final thoughts on NFTs you want to share? The, the only thing I would say is that if you are, um, a creative in any sort of aspect, definitely, definitely look into onboarding yourself with this, um, because it's, a it, it's, it's one of those times, I think, somebody, I'm going to paraphrase somebody, and I couldn't even tell you who it is, but I'm paraphrasing. Um, but they were, they said that, and I totally agree with this, there's, there's been very few times in history where there's been a time like now. The last time was the gold rush mm-hmm. in the World West to actually get in and, and get yourself familiar with the space and really give yourself a chance of having a go at some, at really making something out of the space. Um, there's, there's not going to be another opportunity like this again for a long, long time. And this, it's right now. So this, this podcast is a nudge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the nudge that you've been waiting for to get you started and and to just to just say right, you're not going to like all you're going to do is learn. You're going to educate yourself. And that's a good thing. And future-proof yourself. And that's a good thing as well. Yeah, there it is. You've heard it here. Definitely take the initiative to future-proof yourself. Um, One way you could do that, you could join uh, Victoria's workshop. It starts May 10th. And that's uh, just on how to create an NFT, how to get started. So if you don't know where to start, start there. It's May 10th. You could find all the info on your website, right, which is victoriabrand.co, not .com. 
Um, and then where else can they find you? What are your social media handles? Well, I'm on Twitter, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, Vbrand NFT. Um, I am on Instagram as well. Um, but I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm most active on Twitter. I am most active on Twitter. Um, and I, I just see on my website. So, yep. Okay, great. I'll make sure to, I'll put a link to your Twitter and your website and your Instagram in the description of the podcast. But thanks so much for doing this interview with me. I really enjoyed it. And I just love learning about NFTs. It's super exciting. So thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fantastic to have this conversation. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Entrepreneur Escape Pod. Don't forget to check in with us next week for an all new episode. For more information on our guest, please go to the podcast description of this episode. Also, don't forget to check out clips and updates on our next guest on our Instagram at Entrepreneur Escape Pod. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at Melissa underscore Rittenhouse and check out my website at MelissaRittenhouse.co. Thanks and see you next week.